Welcome to Sound Saints, a podcast aimed at helping the saints of God to think sound thoughts. My name is Clint Eberspacher. I'm one of the pastors at Hingham Church. My name is Kurt Thomas, and I'm an elder at Hingham Church. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, Kurt, I thought we could talk about the New City Catechism. Uh, we're going to be talking about this in a in a little bit here this upcoming Sunday, although that's uh, a few months before this podcast will actually drop in in the light in our actual day to day lives right now. This is uh, something that's going to be on the horizon very soon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't lie. Catechism brings me back to memories of when I was in seventh eighth grade. Dad standing over my shoulder on a Wednesday night, right before Bible school, making sure I had things memorized. So, how do you go through catechism without striking fear in the hearts of youth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- I think question one of this catechism uh, strikes a little bit of fear, or at least touches on a little bit of fear already, because. Uh, the fear should be that we stand, uh, if we're apart from God, we stand in danger. And, uh, and, and so the catechism actually helps us to think through how to, uh, how to move past the danger and into the, the safety and security of, of knowing the Lord. Um, yeah, so I mean, if you're, but if you're talking about the danger of, you know, the, the punishment you'll get if you can't memorize the catechism, I, I think that one of the main things is you emphasize the fact that head knowledge only gets you so far, and uh, what's far more important is that we know the God that we're talking about and that we're learning about. So no, absolutely, and I got to say that was a great transition answer. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's going. That's what I was going for. Outstanding. Well, Kurt, how about I ask you? This is uh, this is the New City Catechism, which. Um, Hingham Church is going to be considering over the course of the next year or so, and uh, I just thought we could take a little bit of time to occasionally uh, address some of these questions in the podcast. The very first question in the New City Catechism is, what is our only hope in life and death? What is our only hope in life and death, Kurt? Well, let's just go with the answer that comes right out of the catechism, and that would be that we are not our own, but belong, body and soul, both in life and death, to God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. And it's a great way to start the, the catechism, I think, too. It kind of puts everything out there, right? Yes, <clears throat> absolutely does. You know, uh, when I read this for the first time, and again, this is really similar to the Heidelberg Catechism's first question as well. So it wasn't like it was uh, completely out of left field for me. And I know you grew up using the Heidelberg Catechism. Yeah, that's correct. But for me, what came to my mind when I thought, you know, where is this taught in Scripture? Because catechisms are only good insofar as they reflect the teachings of Scripture. And I, it made me think of uh, 1 Corinthians 6, actually, where uh, there's a lot of things going on in the book of 1 Corinthians. And Paul's dealing with a church that's an absolute mess. And in 1 Corinthians 6, he's dealing specifically with uh, sexual immorality and, uh, and the simple fact that uh, the, the physical bodies of Christians belong to the Lord. Now, of course, it's not just our physical bodies, but uh, our whole selves belong to the Lord. Uh, but he's addressing specifically physical bodies here. Uh, he says, uh, 
uh, flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And you can see some of that language reflected in the, the answer to the catechism there. Uh, the, the simple fact is we were purchased uh, by Christ. And then just one other reference that came to my mind really quick too was in First Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, that says something very similar. There, uh, Peter says, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And there it uses the word ransomed, which means to, to buy back, to purchase back. And, uh, and we were purchased with the blood of Christ. So th those things really just put into perspective. And there Peter's talking about our, our whole person, uh, body and soul. Those things just really put into perspective, I think for me, how important it is that we live our lives in light of the fact that we are owned people. We're owned by Christ. Yeah. Well, and it just it just gives you something to think about, too. I mean, there's so much that people put their hope in. They, like you read from the scripture, you know, silver and gold, things like that, you know, a warm house, friends and family, and it's like, you know, none of that, none of that is lasting. And, yeah, the hope we get from Jesus that's the thing you know it just makes me think too of some scripture too from Romans chapter 14 uh, verses 7 and 8 for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself for if we live we live to the Lord and if we die we die to the Lord so then whether we live or whether we die we are the Lord's you know and that's so comforting just really is, you know. What what can you say to a, a person who lost a family member or something like that, other than you know, if their hope was in Jesus, life or death, your hope stays in Jesus. Yeah, the fact that we are we still belong to the Lord, uh, even after we die. Um, we know that uh, um, we know from from the book of uh, Hebrews and well, and even Genesis that. Uh, Abel's blood, after Cain had murdered him, Abel's blood was crying out to the Lord. Well, Abel was dead, right? That's and a so, great point. <laughs> and and yet God, all the way back in the very first generation of uh, of the human race, is caring for uh, one of His, one who had belonged to Him, uh, even after He died. And, uh, you know, uh, John Calvin, so there's this really neat app that goes along with uh, the, uh, you, you guys can download it if you want to uh, online. It's just, uh, it's, it's just called the New City Catechism app. It's put out by Crossway, and it's a really helpful devotional app. You can use it on your own, or you can use it with your family, but there's these commentaries that go along with it. And uh, there's, a, there's a reading in here, a short reading from John Calvin, who uh, was kind of the founder of reformed protestantism but he says this he says if we then are not our own but the lord's it is clear what error we must flee and whither we must direct all the acts of our life whither just means where where we must direct all the acts of our life we are not our own let not our reason nor our will therefore sway our plans and deeds 
We are not our own. Let us therefore not set it as our goal to seek what is expedient for us. We are not our own. Insofar as we can, let us forget ourselves and all that is ours. Conversely, we are God's. Therefore, let us live for him and die for him. We are God's. Let us uh, let his wisdom and will therefore rule all our actions. We are God's. Let all the parts of our life accordingly strive toward him as his only as our only lawful goal. Oh, how much has that man profited who, having been taught that he is not his own, has taken away dominion and rule from his own reason that he may yield it to God. For as consulting our self-interest is the pestilence that most effectively leads to our destruction, so the sole haven of salvation is to be wise in nothing and to will nothing through ourselves, but to follow the leading of the Lord alone. And I, man, in, in, by the way, end quote. Uh, by the way, I just love, love this text because there's a couple of things in here that, that strike me. I think the thing that's most obvious to me when I think about this is that if I belong to the Lord, then I need to follow his will and not my will. Uh, I think that's the, the easiest thing to see. But he even says in here, that we are to not use our own reason uh, over and against God. He says, uh, if we know that, if, if we've profited from this knowledge, then what has happened is the Lord has taken away dominion and rule from our reason. And our reason is now yielded to God. And I just know in my own life, I really think a lot of times I've got stuff pretty well figured out until I read the Bible on it, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, we consider ourselves to be reasonable people. We consider lots of things that we enjoy and want to take comfort in and things that we go back to. And, you know, reading this, I mean, we just need to be very prayerful and, and in the scriptures about what is the Lord's will? What is it for me? What is it for my church? Are we doing the Lord's will or, you know, are we doing things that we enjoy doing? Are we going there to, to do the Lord's will or are we going there to fill ourselves up? Or are we you know, going to work because that's the Lord's will or are we going to work because we're trying to make more money or yeah. whatever else? So there's so many things that we just have to remember to apply that to our, our lives. What is the Lord's will? How do I find out the Lord's will? And then how do I practice living that every day? It's it's a daily thing. It, it's something you have to get up and do your best to understand and live. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so easy to assume that what I want to do is the Lord's will, I think. It's really easy to rationalize anyway. Yeah. If I have an idea in my head, and to me it's perfectly reasonable, uh, then my my pride and my arrogance and my ego can get in the way so easily to where i can't even consider that there might not that there might be another way to do it that would be better you know <laughs> i understand exactly where you're coming from i think i'm a smart guy and i think that i can pretty much yeah navigate this world and figure out how to do the right thing i'm pretty nice to people and you know it's it's like you say super easy for me to to go with the way that I want to do the things that I want to do 
and feel like I'm doing a good job at it while I'm doing it too. And it's obviously not what it talks about at all. Brought out in the very first catechism question. There's another quote um, in New City, and this one comes from Timothy Keller. It's probably not quite as good as the one from John Calvin, but I'm going to read it anyway. At one point in his writings, John Calvin lays out the essence of what it means to live the Christian life. He says that he could make us a list of the commandments we should be keeping, or a list of all the character traits we should be exhibiting, but instead he wants to boil it down to the basic motive and the basic principle of what it means to live the Christian life. The basic motive is that God sent his Son to save us by grace and to adopt us into his family. So now because of that grace, in our gratitude, we want to resemble our Father. We want family resemblance. We want to look like our Savior. We want to please our Father. The basic principle then is this, that we are not to live to please ourselves. We are not to live as if we belong to ourselves. And that means several things. It means, first of all, we are not to determine for ourselves what is right or wrong. We give up the right to determine that, and we re rely wholly on God's word. We also give up the operating principle that we usually use in day-to-day -day life. We stop putting ourselves first, and we always put first what pleases God and what loves our neighbors. It also means that we are to have no part of our lives that is immune from self-giving. We're supposed to give ourselves wholly to him, body and soul. And it means that we trust God through thick and thin, through the good and the bad times, in life and in death. And how do the motive and the principle relate? Because we're saved by grace, we're not our own. A woman once said to me, if I knew I was saved because of what I did, if I contributed to my salvation, then God couldn't ask me any, couldn't ask anything of me because I'd made a contribution. But if I'm saved by grace, sheer grace, then there's nothing he cannot ask of me. It's pretty powerful. Yeah. And that's right. You're not your own. You were, brought with a you were bought with a price. Some years ago, I heard a Christian speaker say, how can you come to grips with someone who has given himself utterly for you without you giving yourself utterly for him? Jesus gave himself wholly for us. So now we must give ourselves wholly to him just would like you guys imagine that what would it be like if or if it is for you i would love to hear but what would it be like for you to give everything you have everything you live everything you do wholly to jesus for some of us it's a very scary thought you, know, you want to hang on to this little piece of my life or yes i trust god but I also want to make sure I can pay my mortgage or I want to make sure my kids can. And there's just so many things that even though we go to church on Sunday and we, we do worship the Lord, it's, you know, what are we holding back? Just think about that. Yeah, this, this principle is just so hard to get around <clears throat> and we all, we all fail it uh, in, in a number of ways. But the fact that Jesus gave himself holy for us, so now we must give ourselves holy to him. I mean, it just undercuts <clears throat> any excuse we might have to protect ourselves from uh, the Lord gaining control of some area of our life uh, that we 
that we just don't want to let go of. And uh, right, yeah, but it's beautiful. Uh, if if uh, and and if we hold on to those things, um, we don't let the Lord control them. We're we're asking for hurt because we are certainly not as good at managing our lives as He is. And so <laughs> this is, uh, you know, if I really want to pay my mortgage, I better trust the Lord <laughs> because. Uh, if I trust myself to do that, uh, you know, money can be gone in an instant. You know, that there's a million stories about that. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, I'm just going to ask, you know, what can we make Hingham Church if we give it all to God, each of us and everything? What could it be? It just kind of blows my mind thinking about it. We've all got work to do on it. Yeah. And what would hold us back? What, what obstacle is there that we would say, no, that's a bridge too far. This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, awesome. Thanks, Kurt. Uh, you know, this has been uh, another episode of Sound Saints. Uh, please send us any thoughts or questions you might have to kurt.dolmas at gmail.com. Go in grace and peace. Oh, 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 oh,